Grab a brew, listen up and get back to you. This is Things I Wish I'd Known podcast. Hello and welcome to Things I Wish I'd Known, the podcast with your host, Rachel Welford, where we share positive change to help you in your life. I am here today with somebody who I really love very, very much, and I can't wait to introduce you guys to her. Her name is Claire Akorazan, and she is a coach, mentor, speaker, and strategist who works with um, mainly entrepreneurs and leaders. And that's kind of how we met basically we work from the same co-working space and we just have these really awesome conversations and one day I said to her Claire do you know what you you're gonna have to come on the podcast because these, these conversations need to be recorded <laughs> and so here we are so Claire thank you so much for coming and so nice to see you oh thank you Rachel for inviting me to to come and talk on your podcast today well, do you want to just introduce yourself? Because I know there's quite a lot that you do and your background is really interesting and diverse. And I think you'll be able to explain it better than I can. So um, do you want to just introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, thanks, Rachel. Somebody asked me the other day at a networking event, who is Claire? And I found that a really interesting question because normally people ask you, what do you do? You know, tell me a bit about your background. And when I was when I was reflecting on that question, what came to me was around actually, I'm all about understanding people, why we do the things that we do. And actually, ever since I was a te- ever since I was a teenager, I've always been really interested in psychology, humanity, sort of understanding the constructs of how we relate to one another and also how much we learn about ourselves. And that's been the common thread throughout my career. And if I look back over my career, 22 years, the first decade was spent in the creative industries. I then went into technology and innovation, and then subsequent to that, working in the people space and that human thread has been the thread that has run all the way through and three years ago I set up Imagine Beyond my business which is really the fundamentals around that are around helping leaders founders and HR professionals to think more creatively and explore new possibilities with excitement and I do that on a day-to-day basis. And I I love that about you because one of the key sort of topics that we talk about a lot right is curiosity Mm -hmm. and I think around that like asking people to kind of approach things with a bit more creativity a bit more curiosity is really powerful it's something that I think even though we both work in quite I guess different spheres that's where what we do crosses over you know I I ask my clients to really connect to curiosity around their emotions around their thoughts around why they do what they do like why have you got that behavior that you don't like why have you and I think you know that's something that we both find quite fascinating isn't it is why do we behave in the ways that we behave and how can we be more curious about that so that we can I guess build more self-awareness and and grow you know transform and feel like we're being I don't know you know that whole thing around like being the best version of yourself Yes. But I sort of like low-key hate that language as well. You know, when you're like, oh, because I sort of want to say, oh, be your best self and live your best life. And then I'm like, oh, God, it just sounds like one of those awful, um, I don't know, like live life, live, laugh, love or whatever that you're going to stick on your kitchen wall. It's like a positive (laughs) mantra, isn't it? (laughs) So I need a better word for it. So if anyone has a better way of saying those things, feel free to email email in. Um, So tell me, Claire. You've had quite this quite interesting career trajectory over 22 mm-hmm. years. But I love that question, like, who is Claire? Yeah. How has your life experience kind of threaded through your work? Well, it's taken me about the best part of two decades to actually figure out what it is that is that is you know that is my gift to the world that is my purpose and when I look back on those teenage years and that curiosity around understanding people and that's where it all began and I think back to a brilliant speech that Steve Jobs did at Stanford where he talks about following your curiosity and intuition and actually it's only when you look back where you connect the dots 
I feel like that's how, what's happened to me over the last sort of you know three or four years where I've been able to really understand how the impact of that curiosity in my teenage years around psychology and humanity the work that I'd done in the creative space after that and then technology and, and innovation how all of those things have been able to come together in the work that I do now and the pivots that I made between those different points actually why they were important steps on that journey so I, I and it's only now um, that it all makes sense. And at the time, you can't really see those correlations or those dots connect until you look back and you think, actually, that that psychology, that understanding of humanity has always been there in some way, shape or form. And now it makes much more sense because I'm using it on a day-to-day basis in the work that I do. Yeah, I think that's really an interesting point because there's a lot of stuff out there now isn't there like if you mm. I don't know about I, I guess people listening to this podcast or have a similar Instagram or social media feed to myself where it's probably lots of self-development stuff lots of things mm. around spirituality like, and I just see this thing all the time like you need to have your why you need to have a purpose you need to know this you need to know that and what's interesting is I, I feel like partly that has scuppered me a little bit this year Mm. because I started thinking like, oh, I'm not professional enough in my business and I don't have my niche completely worked out and I don't have my messaging completely worked out. I don't have all this stuff. And it kind of stopped me from doing things a little bit because I thought, oh, until Mm -hmm. I've got all this stuff, you know. And then I actually became curious about it because I thought, okay, well, why are you sort of... And I thought, it doesn't matter. And I listened to this book... um, I can't remember the author now. A friend of mine recommended it to me and it's called Rich as Fuck. And in that book, the woman who wrote it, and sorry, whoever wrote it, I can't remember your name off the top of my head. I didn't realise I was going to talk about this. Um, She shares about just leaning into your intuition and just chucking things out there. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I did at the beginning of my business. I just sort of thought, oh, I'm going to do this and then I'd do it and oh, I'm going to do that. And it was very much the same with the podcast. You know, I just yeah. thought, I love talking to people. I should make a podcast and then I just made it and here we are, right? I didn't overthink it. I didn't like sit there for hours thinking like, who's my ideal listener? Who's this? I just thought, I love having interesting conversations with people. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great to share those interesting conversations with other people? And that was mm-hmm. it really. It, there wasn't too much that went into it. And I think this whole thing around feeling like you have to have everything worked out, and especially for mm. people that are younger listeners, I remember around sort of 24, 25 feeling like I didn't have it all worked out and that maybe there was something wrong with me because everybody else seemed to know what they wanted to do and where they were going in life and what they were doing. Yeah. And I was sort of drifting a bit. And actually now that I look back I, and I was testing and curious and interested in, in all these different topics And actually, now I look back, I'm exactly the same as you. I'm like, oh, my God, I did, you know, um, music production when I was like, I don't know, 17. But now that I do gong bars and sound Mm -hmm. therapy and I'm recording a podcast, all that stuff that I learned back then about how to make things sound good is applicable. I didn't know that that was going to be applicable. When I was in my 20s, I thought, oh, no, you've wasted all that time at college. Yeah. But now it is applicable. And then, you know, all these things that I did around event management and planning. And now Mm. when I do my own retreats and when I do my own events, all that stuff that I thought back then, oh, no, I've wasted my time and now I'm starting something new. Mm. It all feeds back in. It does. Yeah. What do you think have been your threads then, apart from like why people do what they do and that kind of psychology piece? Is there other threads, like personal threads that you're like, oh, that? Yeah, absolutely. I was and still am very drawn to creativity. My dad was always very, very creative. And so I grew up in a creative household and that was absolutely 
one of the motivating factors um, for going to university, studying a design degree and entering into the creative industries. And when I left the creative industries after a decade, I was quite burnt out and I thought, oh, I might never go back into the industry. I'd like to sort of explore what's next. But what's really interesting is that now having my own business and doing the work that I do is the most creative I have ever been. And even though I'm not sort of in the creative industry, as in working for an agency or a consultancy in the industry, I'm using all of that creativity in the work that I do, in the in the way I design things, in the in you know, as you described, Rachel, in all the different things you do, you can see how those threads correlate in many different ways. So creativity, absolutely, and also technology. I remember when I was at school being one of the only girls that took computer studies at GCSE, showing my age now. Um, but I knew very early on back then that technology was going to be really important mm. in the world. And um, and I'm, I'm glad I did and then followed that passion because I got to work quite a bit in the technology and innovation space as well. And I think that understanding and awareness in terms of you know all of the different ways we interact with technology and how it can help how it can get in the way all of those things again come to fruition in the work that I do now so yeah absolutely those two threads pulled all the way through I think it's really interesting as well isn't it I mean where do you see technology going (laughs) that's a big question I know well, it's everywhere and it's not going to go, it's not going away. No. And so in many ways, it's a reflection of humanity. You know, we are building technology in our own image in many ways. And I think the more that we can understand it, the power of technology, what it can do, how it can understand us in many ways better than we understand ourselves, all of those things, the more awareness that we have around all of this, the better. But I believe that with everything in life, the more Mm. aware we are, the more we're able to ask informed questions, know the right questions to ask that can help us make the right decisions for ourselves. I think that's a key point, knowing the right questions to ask. Yeah. Because a lot of this stuff people don't understand. Yeah. And I think that you know, if you don't know the right questions to ask, I've definitely found this in my life where I've thought, oh, could have worked that out if I'd have asked that. But you don't know until afterwards. And I think you that's the whole thing. Yeah. Exactly. And I, it's interesting at the moment. I'm, I don't know if you've seen, um, I imagine most people have seen these kind of AI image-like portraits yeah. that everyone's putting up all over social media and stuff like that. And I've seen this sort of even just in the last six months this kind of blowing up of AI in Mm. business especially where Mm -hmm. you can now in Canva when you're doing a design in Canva this is new um you can tell it what you want the image to be and it will create the image for you so you could say like I want a hedgehog tap dancing on a piece of bread And it will make the, I don't know why. That's a big insight into my brain right there, isn't it? I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why that was the example I used. Um, But, you know, you can literally ask it and then it will just create an image for you. And I just think the same with copy. There's now, you know, is it called Jasper, I think it's called, or something that writes copy for you based on all the copy that's out on the internet. How do you think that that is going to affect people's creativity and the like our own creativity? Because I was thinking about this and I was like, I personally really enjoy the process of writing. Yeah. I actually really like to think of a topic and write. And for those that obviously I haven't written for a while, hashtag long COVID has eaten all my energy. But um I was writing a daily email and people were saying, well, how how do you do that? And how do you know what to write about? And and I'm like, I just, I like, I really enjoy doing it and I'm really looking Mm. forward to getting back to it soon. Um, But how do you think that's going to affect creativity? Because realistically, I I personally think everybody's creative. 
but I think some people lean into it in different ways. So some people might be creative in the way that they cook. Some people might actually be incredible portrait painters or um, Mm. be able to make beautiful music or, you know, but I I think everybody's creative to an extent, but some of those skills, you know, creative writing or creating imagery Mm-hmm. if AI can do it for us how do you like I'm just this is my curiosity coming up but I'm just yeah. curious to think how do you think that's going to affect you know the world in general when things that were could have been specific skills for only certain people they can access just by typing into a computer yeah well there's a couple of things that are coming up for me in that question that you asked Rachel which is the first one is around well, what is creativity because that word is so broad and as you've just described it can mean so many different things to different people um so it's a broad term isn't it and so it has that ability to flex and shape in whatever whatever way we believe i believe is creative so that that's one part of it the second component in terms of the ability to be able to create things through technology kind of in a blink of an eye for me that democratizes creativity that that gives us a different way of being creative it's sort of supercharging creativity but through a technology lens Mm. and whilst that in one way takes us away from our own creativity we have the choice Mm. as to whether we want to use that as a way of enabling us to be more creative or we prefer to tap into our own creativity and use that as a way of expressing our creativity. So I see it in, in many different ways. I think it mm. can be really helpful if we want to get more things out there, be more creative um, and use technology as an amplification of that or you know, we can choose not to and express our own creativity and that be the unique expression of who we are and how we want to show up in the world. I think it depends on the individual. It depends on the context. It depends on what you want the outcome to be. Mm. Yeah, because it's interesting. I was like, oh, that could be quite cool, you know, like cause it, time is obviously quite, for anyone that's an entrepreneur yeah. or a leader listening to this, time is obviously one of our... Um, tricky topics for most of us right it's like Mm -hmm. I'm just one person and there's recording editing I do my delivery of all my like therapy clients then I have you know the gong bars and events and things that I do in the retreats and then it's all the marketing and planning and setting up the ticket there's so many different elements and not even Mm. to mention all your invoicing and tax stuff and there's so many different things to do that actually sometimes it's like oh well if I could get something to create six blog posts for me a month and I don't have to write them and they can be created and I just edit them down and and put them into my own language that could save me a lot of time but I kind of part of me feels a bit not sad but you know when you're like oh wouldn't it be not you know isn't it better to write it yourself because I do think that sometimes we're in terms of our mental and emotional well-being and in terms of our connection to things like curiosity and creativity if we're constantly outsourcing and I think people do this a lot with Mm -hmm. their um with their thoughts with their feelings with everything we we kind of outsource it so it's like well what do you what do you think and we wait to see if someone confirms what we think to decide whether we're correct or not how do you feel about that am I you know we wait for to see people's responses to decide if our feelings are valid and those kinds of things Mm. And then we're going to be outsourcing our creativity to AI yeah. Yeah. And, we're, and we're continually putting things outside of ourselves instead of yeah. allowing that to come from, from within. And I just wonder what effect that will, that will have overall, you know, and, and similarly with these AI imagery, I'm just like, and filters, right. you know, I'm guilty of it. I use filters on things. I don't always like the way that I look on yeah. when I'm doing video or things like that and you think I wonder what effect that's going to have long term because when somebody's writing from the heart yeah and you read that piece of writing it, I feel like there's a connection there absolutely and if it's AI writing it 
I don't know, it's almost like this sort of slight distrust. Do you know, mm. like, because are, are you going to say, like, if I am if I got AI to write a blog post, would I then put that on my website as if it was my writing, but I didn't write it? And then people are going to be like, wow, Rachel's this incredible writer. And actually, it's not true. And I wonder if it builds this kind of slight mistrust in the world. Like, do I really look like this or is this a filter? Do I really sound like this or is this some kind of audio thing? Um, mm. You know, there's there's AI now that can take a photo and make a video and it have the same sounding voice as somebody, but you just typed out what you wanted them to say. So there's yeah. kind of like interesting thing. And again, like, curious, right, about how, yeah, absolutely. how does that affect humanity in terms of, um, yeah, like our trust of, of other people? Yeah. yeah. I mean, big, big questions in there. I know. I didn't realise this is where the conversation was going to go. <laughs> the, the, first, the first thing that, that springs to mind around the example that you shared uh, of, of writing is AI takes data from all the existing data sources that are available, mm. and all of those existing data sources have up to this point or the fairly recent past have been created by humans. So it is accessing yeah. the behavior, the styles from humanity to this point. So yeah. from one perspective, I, I hear what you're saying around the trust piece. And if something is written by technology, you know, does it have that authenticity? Can it connect emotionally? All of those things that are innate to mm. us as human beings that make us you know, a different species to every other living creature on this planet. Um, but AI is taking information from what we have already created. Yeah, so by its nature, it, it can. Yeah, but then you imagine then, okay, in 10 years' time, when AI's created all the stuff and it's no longer coming from humanity, it's coming from regurgitated yeah. AI version of... It, it's just, yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, I could... <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I've gone off on a massive diversion to what we <laughs> said we were going to talk about. <laughs> this is what curiosity does, though. Exactly. It? It, it helps us to explore different paths. It, it taps into our creativity. Yeah. It enables you to have a really different conversation. And, you know, that can only be a good thing. How do you define curiosity for yourself? Oh, great question. I define curiosity as a desire to explore, to discover, to find out more, to learn. And it's something that is active. You're not passive. You're not just mm. receiving of information and taking things on face value. With curiosity, you are exploring. Mm. You know, you and and What's wonderful about curiosity, I read a fantastic book called Curious by Ian Leslie. It's in my bookshelf over there. It's one of my favorite books. And in this book, he talks about curiosity, um, saying that it is the fourth drive. Mm. And it is what defines us from all other living creatures on the planet. You know, all living creatures need food, shelter, sex, Humans have a fourth drive after those three, which is curiosity. Mm. And when I read that, I thought, wow, that is so interesting. But not only that, the reason why it's so interesting and the reason why our lifelong quest to sort of understand the why, where it comes from, is in that fourth drive, the curious mm. drive. It's why we are always really interested in, in understanding the purpose of things. We want to know the why. We want to, sit, we want to know what sits behind something because it, 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 um, it, it quenches our thirst for information. Within movies, they have mm. information gaps in plots, don't they? And the human brain is always trying to work out, well, why is this person doing that? Why are they doing that? Mm. And connect the dots. And that's what makes movies so engaging and so gripping it plays to that fourth human drive around curiosity. And I find that fascinating. And what I also find fascinating around curiosity is I'm doing a lot in, in the space around courage at the moment. Mm. 
working with leadership teams and I'm hearing it a lot that people aren't necessarily as courageous or you know dealing with those difficult conversations that, mm-hmm. that they need to and actually when I when I put it the curiosity lens on through that it is about when you're curious about something it can move you through and past fear which is yeah. the thing that gets in the way that stops us from being courageous and acting with courage so yeah, yeah. absolutely I 100% agree with that and I think something that came up for me today actually I had um supervision so I have uh, for people that don't know what supervision is when you're a therapist um you have a supervisor who you can get advice from I guess on how you're dealing with certain things with clients that kind of thing so it makes you a better therapist and sometimes there's not really anything to check in on so it might end up being an EFT session you know for me and one of the things that came up was around responsibility and I think the courage piece and the responsibility piece are massively kind of interlinked and I was saying about how I'd started to get into these narratives. And again, this is the curiosity piece, right? I'm I'm always yeah. curious about that self-awareness piece for myself of why mm-hmm. I'm doing things that I'm doing, why I'm saying things that I'm saying. And I'd notice these kind of stories or narratives that I've started creating around long COVID, for example. Well, I mm-hmm. can't do that because of this and I've had no energy. And, you know, and it's quite, um, dare I even say it, victim space of like poor mm-hmm. me and it is mm. I mean for anyone that's got it as well like it's shit isn't it so <laughs> let's be real it's been shit but I'm coming out the other side of it now and I'm still having the same narrative oh and I'm and there's that fear yeah. piece where I'm like yeah. oh, I'm scared to do things in case I get too tired and then I can't keep up in case I you know and this mm. kind of responsibility around the narrative of um ADHD obviously I'm still on the wait list it's been over two years now um but we'll see what happens um and similar narratives around that well I can't focus and I get distracted easily and that's why I can't finish projects and that's why this and that's Mm. why that and what was interesting was my supervisor said how about you take some responsibility for your thoughts and behavior and I suddenly had this like oh you know like yeah penny drop thing where I was like oh my mm. god yeah because even if I am neurodiverse which I probably am let's be real um so what just don't try and fit yourself into a neurotypical square then because it will never work mm-hmm. just mm. carry on being a little bit kooky and do things your own way and don't give yourself a hard time about it and everything's going to be cool and yeah. with the long COVID thing, like, you know, stop feeling like you can't do anything about it. You're mm-hmm. doing all the things that you can. You're resting. I've been implementing, you know, for anyone that's interested, I've written a little sheet that you can see different supplements, you know, physio stuff, like pretty much anything yeah. that I can do, I'm actually doing. So I'm taking responsibility for that piece, the physical piece, mm. but I've not been courageous in my thought piece yeah. around it. And that's going to, you know, now I need to start saying, no, I'm not going to talk about myself in that way anymore. I'm just going to say I'm healed. I'm I'm, let's go, you know, and and see, you know, again, be curious about the fact and courageous about the fact that you can change those thought processes and how you talk about yourself and the narrative that you create around things. And that can shift your perspective massively. And I think Mm. for leaders and entrepreneurs and people like that, there's, a lot of fear around at the moment, right? And and there's a lot of difficult conversations that need to be had. People are yeah. still, I think, I, I mean, I still can't believe it's 20, nearly 2023. It yeah. feels like 2019 was like yesterday. And yeah. you're like, hang on a minute. How many years? Yeah. How many years is that? And yeah. so I think a lot of people are still in this kind of feeling quite burnt out, feeling mm-hmm. stressed and exhausted. And those conversations around courage curiosity responsibility probably need to be had right because if we can all take a bit more personal responsibility there's things that I'm habits that I've probably picked up or dropped you know that I need to sort that balance out again for myself and nobody else can do that for me apart from me yeah and it's harder 
it's harder the more that we work virtually and remotely. It's very easy to not show up, to hide behind mm. the screen. And so as leaders, you know, we, we can refrain from having those difficult conversations because we're not facing that person every single day in the office like we would have been three or four years ago. So yeah. there's a greater level of anonymity and that ability to hide behind the screen be, have a you know day's worth of meetings on end so it's impossible to get into your diary so yeah I mean it's it's a very interesting time right now mm. I would love to know what has been your biggest learning in terms of like leaning into to curiosity for you oh my biggest learning so a couple of things are coming up for me around that the first one is building on that point from earlier, how curiosity to, can help move you through fear. Mm. And if you're curious about what's showing up for you and why it's happening, that that can help move you past the fear because the fear will hold you back. Mm. And I say that in relation to confidence. I say it in relation to whatever those obstacles are that you're facing. Use curiosity. Get curious to explore in yourself. Like, what are those? Why is this showing up like this? Why? 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 Why am I doing this? Like, and just look at it from that perspective. I would also say the other thing is getting curious around the rhythms of nature so mm. one of the things that i that i've that i've come to learn which i found find utterly fascinating is that everything in life is cycles and rhythms yeah. and even if i look back at my own career there are four year cycles you know when you look at it holistically i i identified that actually my career trajectory loads of brilliant highs some lows some painful lows you know and and in that journey when you look at it at bird's eye view there are patterns and cycles mm. the same within life you know if we think about you know the developmental stages of human beings the life stages yeah. there are certain patterns aren't there in terms of you know uh, cycles of life and the same in nature the same in the universe and that for me when I learned that that was a really defining moment because when you're in those moments where things are really hard and it's very difficult to move through them actually knowing that it's just part of a cycle mm. and that it's not going to stay like that forever is really yeah. reassuring yeah I've massively felt that with you know, for anyone that knows me personally, I am normally full of energy, probably too much energy, like spare, you know, rushing around, 20 projects happening at once. Like, And I love my life that way. I've, I've always been that way. And sometimes I do get burnt out and that's cool. You know, whatever, I'll have a little rest and then I'm back on it. But it's really taught me similar things. Somebody said to me about the long COVID, you know, maybe you're just in your winter. And I was like, what? And then when I thought about it, I was like, yeah, just embrace it. Just be like, okay, cool. This is a rest period. Don't overthink it. Don't beat yourself up because you're not able to do all the things that you used to be able to do. Just lean into rest. Just imagine you're hibernating. Just, you know, let your body do what it needs to do. Let your mind do what it needs to do and just repair and heal. And you'll come out and it will be spring you know, and you'll get excited because you'll start seeing the little buds, uh, you know, of your life starting to spring up and then the flowers will come and then you'll go back again into autumn and winter. And I was like, hmm. And the same with business, you know, I think I saw, uh, I never know how to say this word. Is it meme or mem? Meme. Well, I say meme. Me too, but you know, when you're like, am I just really old? Because I don't think that's what everyone calls it. Anyway, um, and it said... Oh, what did it say? It was something like your best days are not your baseline or something, something like that. Yeah. And I suddenly was like, mm. I do that to myself. Like, yeah. you know, you'll have a week where you're like, 
bang it it's amazing yeah oh gosh yeah. nailed Love all yours weeks. nailed all your client sessions like designed yeah. this got that out bomb 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 yeah. tick 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 dopamine hit from every like tick on your to-do list smashing <laughs> through stuff and you're like yeah Definitely. and then the next week you're tired but instead yeah. of just going, oh, I'm tired because yeah. I had a really effective, busy, yeah. productive week last week. And now maybe my body's like, girl, mm. you need to rest. I'm yeah. like, I should be delivering like that all the time. And it's just no. not true. That's your peak performance. That's your yeah. nine second, yeah. hundred meter run. Exactly that. You know, yeah. And there's, I think when we think about life in that way, it makes it much yeah. easier when we can tune into the cycles. Mm. But I also think we have to be a little bit cautious. I'd love to know your opinion on this. Mm. I used to be the kind of person who would be like, oh, it's because I'm a Pisces. That's why I'm a bit flaky. Oh, it's full moon. That's why this. Oh, it's Mercury retrograde. So that's why that. Oh, now Jupiter's in retrograde, right? And I would kind of, I guess, blame some of my stuff on like planets or my period or this or that. And actually, as I've got older, I've really started to, again, because I try and have this thing in my head, you know, radical responsibility. Like, what can I, mm. Um, mm. what can I take responsibility for? I, can I take, I can't take responsibility for the fact I might have a really painful period, for example, but I could get myself a hot water bottle, maybe take some things out of my diary, maybe make myself a nice warm drink, maybe take some painkillers if that's needed. You know, I've got this, in in fact, anybody, well, check you're not allergic, all that stuff. Sorry, I'm not prescribing. (laughs) But I make this oil that is just like a game changer out of, you need a carrier oil. I think I used almond, I can't remember, I made it ages ago. Um, And then I put in it, peppermint oil and clary sage oil and I put it in a roller bottle and I roll it over my lower belly area when I've got cramps it's a game changer so um just sharing that for you guys at home um I don't really have a recipe I just chuck it in so I imagine it's about five drops of each essential oil to a thing of carrier oil I'm not an an essential oil uh, expert but um yeah that's definitely definitely helps as well and they're things that I can take responsibility in with within that and I think I see this quite a lot on social media of people kind of going oh you know like now it's mercury retrograde we're in the shadow period so that means oh we're not allowed to do any promotions, sign any contracts, you know. But Mercury retrograde happens three times a year and can take like mm. that knocks yeah. out like three or four months of your year, and then every month yeah. there's a full moon. And every, so I think it's important to look at these cycles, yeah, and to to be again like curious about the cycles, but to also yeah. be courageous and and take responsibility, yeah, that, for what we can do to help ourselves within those things rather than just going, oh, well, I can't, I'll start, I'll have to start in three months because it's Mercury retrograde. Yeah. It's like, and it's also, yeah, it's also about recognizing what's going on when we give our responsibility away in those examples that you've just shared. And the fact that the brain has a whole bunch of different um, biases, 175 different cognitive biases that we have as human beings. And often in in those examples that you shared, what's showing up is confirmation bias. Mm. So we believe in something, therefore we are, our thoughts um, and our feelings around things, we are confirming that belief system Mm. with that bias. And so, again, so much of all of this is around awareness. Yeah. Being aware of what's showing up, why it's happening, that self-awareness piece, and then being able to make the right decisions that are going to help you, give you the highest probability of success or give you the outcomes that you're looking for. Yeah, I I really feel that as well because I think curiosity massively allows us to to – dive into that awareness piece you know if it yeah. rather than kind of going oh well it's it's obviously this being able to go what why am I thinking that way why am I feeling that way what could I yeah what kinds of things could I do to improve my position with this situation yep. or this thought or this emotion and you know really having that kind of casual curiosity about things has definitely helped me improve yeah. my mental health and my emotional well-being 
um day yeah. to day well you know and sometimes you're in it and you get a bit stuck but you need to just slip out don't you and come into that more observer view and then it's um and then it's easier to see most of most of the time we're on autopilot Tell and me about so it. we're not even creating that consciousness or awareness we're just going about what we're doing without really thinking about it very much yeah and the brain rewards us for predictability for staying yeah. in the comfort zone all of those things so it's you know and the brain takes up so much energy i think it's something like 20 percent of the, the the energy that we use in our body goes it goes to the brain so yeah. any way in which we can conserve energy the brain will try and do it so yeah that autopilot piece means that we're often just going around without even creating this awareness or being conscious about the, the, the decisions or you know mm. what we're doing we're in autopilot so true mm. um Part of this podcast is obviously a bit of a love letter to a younger, younger you. If you could go mm. back in time and kind of talk to young Claire, who's, you know, coming up through the world, yeah. if you like, what kind of, what piece of advice would you give to her? Going back to my younger self, I would share the wisdom and insight around fear. Mm. And I would say fear is going to hold you back mm. if you let it. And the way to overcome that is to do what feels counterintuitive. So when we experience fear, it's felt like a threat. And the, the brain works on threat and reward. We are the reward, as you mentioned earlier, the dopamine hits, we move towards something, reward, we want to move away from it. Mm. And so when we feel fear about anything in life it makes us want to move away and so the advice that I would give my younger self is to when you feel that fear move towards it mm. and see it for what it is it's a way of keeping you safe from any risk mm. psychological risk emotional risk vulnerability you know keeping you playing small mm. and within your comfort zone and it comes back to my point that I mentioned earlier around the brain conserving energy. The brain wants to conserve energy, so we'll want to keep us in our comfort zone. Yeah. But the way that you can overcome that is by recognizing what's going on, but also moving towards the fear. Do those things that make yeah. you feel uncomfortable. Step into your power, into your courage, and that's where you expand your comfort zone, get into the growth learning zone and are able to fulfill your potential. But it's only through that process, that counterintuitive process of moving towards something that you want to move away from, that you can achieve the things that you want. So I, that's what I would go back and tell my younger self. Wow. Um, Do you think yeah, she would have learned that? Do you think she'd like get it? <laughs> That's a great question. I think my younger self would go, yeah, but that's easy for you to say. Yeah. <laughs> because you've yeah. got the experience. It's much harder. But I, I would positively encourage her to take baby steps rather yeah. than massive leaps. Baby steps, because those baby steps become so compounded over time. The more baby steps that you take, the the bigger the leaps over yeah. time you will actually achieve a hundred percent what I talk about in happy habits club you know mm. it's like you yeah. might think that meditating for five minutes three times a week is like pointless that mm. you need to do an hour a day or you know whatever mm -hmm. but over time it's yeah. like compound interest in the bank isn't yeah. it if you just put a pound a week away in the bank Again, you'd probably think a pound a week. What am I going to be saving? Like 50 quid a year, like <laughs> with inflation, that's nothing. But if you did that every week since you were born, you know, I don't know the maths. I, again, exactly. I make up these analogies and then don't have the maths to back it up. But it would be a lot of money by the time you were 60 or 65, right? And it's yeah. the same with your habits. It's like these small yeah. incremental changes that you can make over yeah. time really start to compound and then what you'll notice is when that habit becomes you know I never used to make my bed for example I don't get out of bed without making my bed now but I don't even think about it it's an automatic habit so it, these things that start to 
creep in. There's, there's other habits that I really have to work hard at. Like I love meditation. I think it's one of the most incredible tools that I have in my arsenal, but I never want to meditate. I'm not, an, I'm not one of those people that thinks, you know, I'm going to sit and meditate. Yay. I'm like, Oh God, you know, afterwards I always feel good. It's like going to the, and the same with the gym, you know, I love, I love going to the gym after I've been, but before anything else is more important. And so there's some habits that even now, even though it's been years that I've been trying to ingrain those habits, I have to like nail them off. But there's other ones like making my bed, eating completely different nutrition. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. There's so many now that are just like automatic that I don't have to think about. And I think that's really important for people to realize as well that often we overestimate what we can do in a day and underestimate what can happen in a year with like incremental incremental changes um, yeah and that that habit piece mm. just to build on what you were saying Rachel the thought habits mm. are the most powerful way of driving driving that behavior the behavior that we want and the morning habits and I know you and I have talked about sort of morning rituals mm. um, in our conversations but one of the things that actually really helps me in the morning is to ask myself the question, what do I need to believe to create a great outcome today? And that is the first question when I'm in the shower, no matter how I'm feeling, often I'm feeling very tired, but that is the first question I ask myself. How do I need, how do I want to feel? What do I need to believe today to create the best outcome? That's an amazing question to work with. Yeah. I love working with questioning. I I use that a lot in my own practice. And I think definitely the thought thing that's an automatic practice for me now when I think negatively about myself I automatically because I've been doing this for years if I notice myself saying something negative about myself I will literally say this is an old thought pattern I no longer need it I choose to believe and then flip the thought and repeat and then repeat that as an affirmation over and over again for about three minutes after I've said the negative thing because I'm just not willing to talk to myself negatively anymore but I noticed yeah. more recently, it was actually at Soho Works, I was working with somebody and we couldn't use the hot water tap. You know, those taps, they're funny, aren't they? And I, I, I've got the knack of it. And so I said to this girl, you know, here, and I sort of did the t- tap and she said, oh, you, you know, you're really good at that. And my response was something along the lines of, Oh, I can, uh, can't run my own business, but I can work a tap. <laughs> Where did that come from? I don't know. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. And I was with my friend Alex and I started laughing. I went, right, that is unacceptable. And I like, yeah. apologi- I apologized to myself in my head. I was like, I'm sorry that I said that about you. And then I was like, you know, repeating to myself, like there's an old thought pattern. I don't know why. And I realized that I have this real habit and this is just a habit of life of real self-deprecation in front of other people, like to really put myself down for no apparent reason. It's bizarre. So it's some, that's something that I'm trying to work on at the moment. Yeah, um, and it's, it's moving those thoughts from being passive into mm, actually being purposeful. And that is the conscious bit, isn't it? Yeah. In terms and, of creating that conscious awareness. Yeah, it is. And sometimes mm. it's really tricky because mm. I was like, yeah. I don't know if I would have noticed that if I wasn't with Alex. But because I was with Alex, I don't know why. I just sort of like thought, wow, she would never say that. I I like it. Mm. You know, like it was just one of those weird things. And I think sometimes it is quite tricky. And it took me a long time to really notice my thoughts. But again, meditation, you know, is a a great help with that. Um, Mm. What do you wish you'd known over your life? What one thing do you wish you'd known? So one of the biggest things that I've learned over the years is that even when you're faced with the greatest of uncertainties and pain, that you have all of the resources mm. already inside of you to be able to handle those things, even if you have no idea how yeah. on earth you're going to get through it you've got it you've got it all there in you and in those moments of absolute fear and uncertainty 
that's actually when we become the most resourceful, the most creative, the most innovative, the most amazing mm. human beings we are because we are all inbuilt with that survival instinct. And in that yeah. survival instinct are all of those tools to equip us to get through anything yeah. and come out the other side. Yeah. yeah. I was writing a piece the other day um, and in it I was like one of the things that got me through like when I was really depressed and really unwell and uh was somebody had said to me I think it's a Winston Churchill quote which I don't think I'm the biggest fan of Winston Churchill but anyway whatever um it was a helpful quote and it said um if you're going through hell Mm. keep going yeah yeah and that's the thing isn't it I think you will come out you will definitely come out the other side if you change your thoughts, yeah. your feelings, your behaviors, you know, whatever, you will come out the other side. But if you, if you aren't making those changes, you're going to become stuck in that same yeah. loop and things aren't going to change. And yeah. so that's, yeah, everything you, you need is already within you a hundred percent. Um, that's yeah. really good. That's a really good piece of, um, what do you wish <laughs> um, the hard way on that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, still learning, still learning, still learning. <laughs> Um, I always ask everyone as well I mean is there anything else that you would like to share maybe any questions that you wish that I'd asked anything that you think is a little nugget of wisdom that might have come up over the chat before we sign off yeah so around the curiosity piece so there have been a couple of times uh, across my life where I've been faced with a lot of uncertainty and one of the best pieces of advice I was ever given was to stay in the emergence phase for as long as you can. Pay attention to the things that you're naturally drawn towards that pique your curiosity because in, in, the, in that sort of interest will be clues for mm. the things that are going to be important for you on the road ahead and you won't know what, why or how at that point, but pay attention to those things and explore and discover and 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 pique your curiosity and, and move mm. towards them. I would say that's probably one of one of the things I would say. And um, one other quote that's been particularly poignant for me over the years is one by William Blake, and he says, "In the universe, there are knowns and there are unknowns, and in between, there are doors." So in those moments of uncertainty, know that that space is there for you because there are other things that are going to present themselves that are going to be really important on your journey ahead. So they're probably my two two things. One thing that I would like to ask, actually, that I think would be really helpful for listeners is um, if if you don't feel that you're naturally very curious, what are some ways that you can kind of tune in because it's all well and good isn't it saying be curious be curious about your emotions it's like what it's kind of like what's the how behind that what kind of practices or tools can people use to really start to connect to their personal curiosity their personal creativity yeah so the first one is to create an awareness around what is interesting to you Mm. what's interesting and it could be something small it could be something massive but just pay pay attention create an awareness around that Mm. and start from there brilliant that's it start from there yeah perfect thank you so much for coming i've loved this conversation it's gone in (laughs) big segues i didn't realize it was going to go in so um (laughs) i think it's definitely going to provide lots of um joy to people listening and um yeah thank you so much for coming and sharing and being open it's been a pleasure to talk to you thank you absolute pleasure i will share your links but how do people get in touch if they want to find out more about you or imagine beyond yeah so visit my website which is imagine-beyond.co.uk that's where you can contact me you can read a bit more about what i'm doing and that's probably the best place the easiest place to find me perfect imagine hyphen beyond.co.uk 
Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And to all the listeners, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy these podcasts and you want to help us reach more people, please do feel free to share on whatever platform, whether you're listening on um, YouTube, click that subscribe button so that you get a notification every time we have a new episode. If you're listening on your favorite um, podcast platform, please do leave us a review. It really does help us to reach more people. And I love to hear your feedback, you know, whether it's it's positive or there's things that you think we could change to make it better for you um i will be back very shortly with another episode thank you so much for listening much love we hope you've enjoyed listening as much as rachel enjoys making this podcast why not share it with a friend and if you really love it drop us a review on apple podcasts as it really helps us reach and inspire more people thanks for listening 